Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things, right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. I get it, Isaiah. You talk about Bitcoin all the time. Well, as I go out and about, I continually hear the demand for I need more Bitcoin education or I don't really understand. I hear you talking about it. I know you're passionate about it. I know you have a lot of conviction, but I need more info. And that's where Bitcoin for Vet Med really came from was taking, hey, the 10,000, 100,000 hours of time that I've spent and distill it down into bite-sized courses and walking you through of getting a foundational why, a little bit of understanding the technical side of Bitcoin, and then how to grapple with the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and just the things that you hear throughout the media and giving you the ability to up your Bitcoin knowledge to go from zero to hero and feel a lot more comfortable saying, okay, this is something that matters and I want to take some of the value that I create and save into Bitcoin. So head over to bitcoinforvetmed.com or click the link in the show notes. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 179 with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first, or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first. But I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote. Your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay, so link in the show notes is going to take you to offer first. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to offer first directly. And offer first is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. 
Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. All right, welcome back. As we jump in another radio show, I know this is the third one in a row, and you might be wondering like, hey, is Isaiah ever gonna have guests again? The answer is yes, right? There's guests coming. As I mentioned before, it's summer. Sometimes it's slower, harder to get people Things get pushed and booked out farther. I have a little bit of time, as a lot of people might know, left my role at the previous financial advisory firm that I co-owned and yeah, wanted to share thoughts and things that have been important that have kind of been there as like, hey, when I get a chance, these radio shows are something I want to record. These are thoughts I want to share. And as I can slot them in, I'm going to slot them in. And so this is one of them. And actually excited about this one because I can come at it in a way where I can share, and I've never been shy about sharing my feelings. I think that's part of why people like the podcast is because I just say what I want to say and don't really typically hold back. And whether you like or don't like that, you can make a decision of whether you want to tune in. And I know there's lots of great podcasts. So I always try to just shoot straight and say what it is that I want to say, right? And I think that ultimately resonates with people and why the podcast has grown as much as it has. And so what I want to talk about is basically the 10 things that you need to, I guess, understand about advisors that maybe they don't share or that maybe aren't well known. And I've done a really great episode with Dr. Ryan Koopmans, who is an awesome financial advisor for anyone that's looking for a financial advisor, highly recommend him, about 10 questions to ask when you're interviewing. So this is gonna not be that. This is more of just like foundational inside baseball kind of information that you might not think about, but that is super important. And yeah, I just wanna be able to share it. And I have no skin in the game any longer, right? Like I'm not trying to say, hey, come work with Isaiah he's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm just saying, hey, if I'm in your shoes and I'm saying I wanna work with a financial professional, these are things that are probably good for me to understand and know. So I don't know if these are necessarily gonna be in a order that are gonna flow perfectly, but we're gonna just jump through. So I made a list and there's 10 different things and I'm sure there's more, but these were the, the things that have been sticking out and, and standing out in my mind, which the first one is, a fee is a fee, right? You're going to pay someone for their expertise and how that fee is paid for, whether it's flat, a one-time, a subscription, hourly, assets under management or AUM, it does not matter. It doesn't matter because the money is still green and it's still paid. I've seen advisors that act holier than thou and that they've somehow transcended everyone else in the industry because they don't have AUM fees, yet their minimum fee is $7,500 a year but they're not billing on AUM. So, I mean, they're the good guys here. And my thought is, well, okay, that's great. But a lot of people that want to get advice and guidance are now priced out of your services because not everyone can afford to spend $7,500 a year. So I think the key thing to understand is clear, transparent fees win. That's really important. And understanding what you're getting. And as a consumer, it can be hard to understand that. But asking questions like, okay, what's your process? How many meetings do I get? Am I talking to you? Am I talking to a team of people? Like, how is this relationship structured? Really, really important. And a low fee is not always a good thing, right? Ask how many clients they work with. I've seen low fees and the person's working with 200 plus people. Guess what? They're barely gonna remember your first name. And I can promise you there's a 0% chance you're gonna get much planning in that relationship. So saying that you're gonna save, say $1,000, $500, couple thousand dollars, because they're gonna work with twice as many clients as someone else. And just like in veterinary medicine, 
a financial advisory firm, they aren't all built the same, right? They're going to cater to a different demographic or a different person. And so not everyone is the right fit for that firm. And they probably have their fees set in a way that that's there. And that's totally fine. Just understand what you're getting into. This one I feel very confident in is that most advisors don't actually understand what money is. And this was me circa 2019. So 2018, 2017, I had no idea what money is. Yet I was talking to people about finances and money and investing, but hell, I had no idea. And a lot of advisors really dislike and hate on gold. And I think part of it is because Warren Buffett says stuff about it and they just like borrow a quote and they think they're funny because they can take someone else's quote and run with it. But a great question to ask advisors about is their thoughts of gold candidly, right? So gold's been money for 5,000 years and it's only really the last 50 years that we've had a fiat currency and fiat just basically meaning that it's dollars backed by air and broken promises. There's no tether back to reality, which has been gold historically, right? Gold, you got to get it out of the ground. You got to work for it. The supply issuance grows about one to 2% per year. So you have something that's pretty predictable, sustainable, and having some sort of tether to that keeps things in line. Well, the last 50 years, there's been no string holding back the balloon, right? And the balloon just keeps going up into the sky, higher and higher and higher. And at some point, it's going to reach a spot where the pressure is going to make it pop. I think playing the games of trying to guess when that is, is hard. But I find it funny that most advisors don't understand what money is and have never really thought or wrestled with that question. It's one that they all should understand, especially if they're giving financial advice and talking about money day in and day out. So it's been rough for the average Joe and Jane since we've been backed by fiat currency. I would encourage everyone, and I'll link in the show notes, check out WTF Happened 1971 for more details. And some of the charts are illuminating. I think you'll find it interesting. So highly, highly recommend that one. So for all those younger veterinarians or folks within VetMed listening, savings matter more than investing early on. And I believe most good advisors get this. They preach that and it's great. But sometimes they'll fall in the trap of talking about investing. And I've been guilty of this historically too. Like, hey, we have this really thought out process. It's really smart. We're doing all these cool things. But if you have $25,000 to invest, your rate of return, whether it's 20 or 28%, right? And that's a heck of a lot better. It's not moving the needle right? That's not moving the needle enough to make that much of a difference. You know, what's going to make a much bigger difference, increasing your income, maybe figuring out from an expense perspective to be able to save more buying into a veterinary hospital or getting equity into a practice that's going to have a huge, huge impact on the amount of savings in the future, your investment returns, all that stuff. And so my one big caveat here, and I have, you know, can't, have a podcast episode about talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin needs to be part of what someone is saving into. I do think it is that important. It's not something that you can just put off into the future. Start now, start even if it's small and just continue to do that over time so that some savings are flowing there. Number four is good advice transcends financial topics. Again, this makes sense. I get it. But so many folks, so many advisors, so many relationships who are like, yeah, we never talked about this kind of stuff before. And it's wild to me, right? And I can remember getting a photo of a full freezer from a client after they had bought a half cow and a whole hog. And you know why? Because we talked about family, health, nutrition, inflation was part of that conversation, I think even too. And it was like, hey, start buying your stuff local. You don't have as much of a reliance on kind of the global supply chain and all these different things going on. If you're shaking the hand of your local farmer or rancher, it's a lot easier to be like, hey, I will come and buy meat from you. And that was great. And I think the depth of client advisor relationships need to be more than portfolio did X return. And we need to do these four things, surface level talk, and then away you go to the next meeting. And when I was at Merrill Lynch, I saw someone that managed, I think it was close to 
probably $750 million, like successful financially making a ton of money, but had so many clients and it was running meetings, 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 meetings all day. And I bet he didn't know the name of the next client before they walked in the door. He had a big service team of a bunch of different people helping him get meetings set and all that other stuff. There was no conversation about them as families. He might've acted like it and hopefully he took good notes so that maybe that he could try to remember it when he saw him again. But it was meeting, 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 and just getting rollovers, getting money, getting money, getting money to build AUM, right? And so you want to make sure that a life well lived, there's going to be areas and topics that are more than just what your portfolio did or, or other things like that. You need to have a good advisor that's going to discuss a lot of other areas. Number five, index funds aren't saving, or sorry, they aren't investing, they're saving. And this one might trigger a couple people. You might be like, well, it is investing because I'm buying these companies and it's an investment vehicle, blah, blah, blah. The S&P 500 index is merely saving. It's not investing. There's no due diligence. There's no rationale for why buying a market cap weighted index, which again, for those that haven't listened to some of the previous podcasts on investing, market cap weighting, meaning the size of the company gets a bigger percentage in the index. So bigger you get, the bigger the weight in the index. Doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. There's no academic evidence. There's no tether, again, back to a theory or rationale for why it's done. The reason it was done is back in the 60s and 70s, the computing power, this was the easiest way to do it. And they just ran with it. Nothing's ever changed. So the index moves up due to easier monetary policy. So, hey, is the money spigot flowing or is the money spigot getting tighter? And investing is looking at opportunities, risk, trends, et cetera, and allocating with a thesis based on some research, some rationale, some knowledge of saying like, hey, this is a disconnect. This is something that makes sense. That is investing. Saving into buying this broad index with no rhyme or reason, no thought of valuation, no thought of anything, that is saving. You're just saving into it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But to say that you're investing, I don't think it's the right term because most people, we've taken the stock market and used stock market index funds as our savings mechanism and a savings vehicle. And I would argue that today, the S&P 500 is a national security risk. We have a lot of baby boomers that are getting closer to retirement. They have a lot of money saved in the stock market because they're moving the money out of bonds because they can't make any money there. And if the market goes down, they can't retire or there's massive issues. If you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course, that's what makes veterinarians special. You're mission driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best. I struggle with saying that buying the SP 500 index, SPY as an ETF is investing and it's not just saving. And does doing investing and doing all these extra things necessarily mean that better performance happens? Absolutely not. It doesn't. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it is saying, hey, does it always give me better performance? It's like, well, the future is uncertain and you don't necessarily know. Like you could be wrong with your thesis and that's okay. And you can own both. You can do both things. You can save into an index fund and do other things. And that would be kind of my encouragement to folks is not just saying, oh, well, it's just index funds and chill. 
I think that's the kind of the wrong way to look at it. So I also know, you know, advisors that will preach, 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 hey, index funds, stocks and bonds only, blah, blah, blah. And they're personally doing something very different. And that's an important thing to question and ask, what do you personally own, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, when you're recommending XYZ to me? Because if it's good enough for them doing something and they're recommending you do something different, you want to understand why. Maybe it is your goals are different. And that would probably be the get out of jail free card I would always play, right? Like, oh, well, this is different. Part of the reason why I've talked about Bitcoin is that's what I've done personally, right? So like, I think it's good enough for me, for my family. And this is why I think it's good enough for anyone else and their family and the waiting and how much you own, like that's all personal decisions. But seeing the disconnect and knowing some things that people do versus what they say, sometimes I shake my head at that. So if you're paying for investment management and they're doing the index fund, so again, market cap weighted stock and bonds, that's all you're getting, stop. That's dumb. And I get, I talked about at the beginning, fees are fees, right? So if the fee is in line, great. But most advisors simply don't manage investments. Sure, they have accounts, they'll charge you for them. But if they're buying VTI or VOO or Vanguard index funds or BlackRock index funds that everyone else knows about that you can go get in any sort of robo-advisor platform, they're not bringing you any value. So they best be doing something else that's really, really helpful. And I just don't think at that point they should be charging at you. It just is a disconnect on what they're doing versus what they're charging for. But again, if it's reasonable and the total fee that you're paying makes sense for other services that are like that, great. But what I typically see is people do this, they charge a ton of money and it makes zero sense. So if they are doing like a robo type thing, just take the money and go do it at a robo for less, right? If they're doing the exact same thing, they need to be better or have some creativity in how investments are managed. And I'm totally okay with AUM, right? I have no issues, no qualms. If people are doing something that is saying, hey, this is the rationale. This is the process. This is why we do it. Because the index fund crowd, there really isn't a, a rationale other than, hey, stock market goes up historically over time. Look at this chart and I'll t show you the hundred reasons why you should not sell, right? And yeah, struggle with that. So if you're paying AUM and that's all you're getting, uh, I'd push back a little bit. This one, again, talked about on the podcast. I think a lot of people are doing it right now, but insurance is not an investment. There's a wide spectrum of people that call themselves financial planners, financial advisors, wealth managers, whatever term they want to use. Those leading with insurance are pushing you to buy something are salespeople. They're not advisors, right? And there's nothing wrong with sales. Just don't be deceived. And you need insurance and that's important. It's just not going to be a wealth creation vehicle for you. And it will be for whoever's selling it to you. Like they're going to make the money off that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that relationship, but don't let yourself think that that's a financial advisor because it's not. And then financial planning software is always wrong. And I think financial planning software is overrated. I think advisors lean on it as a crutch at times to be like, oh, look at all this data and all this stuff that we've crunched for you. And there is some directionally correct stuff that you can pull from that. It can be helpful. But ultimately what you want to do is you want to focus on actions you can take today to ensure that you're making progress on what's going on. And I think an advisor, a good advisor is going to help focus and align, hey, what are we solving for? What are we looking for? What can we be doing today to work towards those long-term goals and short-term goals? And a find your plan software a lot of times isn't going to do a whole heck of a lot for that. And so it may look fancy. It may do these different things. But I think the idea of a financial plan in that big deliverable is overrated. Most advisors are afraid to have an original opinion. I think this is really true. They all want to kind of be right in the middle. Usually this is due to regulatory oversight in the industry. Maybe they're an employee of somewhere and they feel like they don't have the freedom to say what they want to say. So they'll play it extra cautious. They'll rarely deviate from what the company narrative is or what kind of general consensus is. I'll use my favorite topic again, Bitcoin being a great example. I know several advisors that would never talk to clients about it. 
but are pro Bitcoin themselves would love to, but they would be fired immediately if they brought it up in conversations. It's not that state regulators or SEC would find them or their company or punish them, but the company leadership wants to play it safe, right? They don't want to be a leader in the space. They want to follow. They want to wait for regulatory clarity or wait for something else. Like they have some sort of cute excuse for why they won't let them do it. But the goal of a lot of advisors is not always what's the best advice. It's how can I retain this client and not get fired? I mean, it's fair, right? Incentives drive everything. And if you can retain a client by doing the same thing as everyone else, whether it's investment related, financial planning advice, whatever, they stick around. Great. I mean, you're going to be making more versus saying, you know what? I can be wrong, but I think this is the right decision and you should do X, Y, and Z. And being different, honestly, I would much rather go with someone that has an opinion and a personality versus someone that's just going to you know, regurgitate stuff that you get from 10 other different people. Last, but certainly not least, niche expertise matters. Again, one of the main reasons I started the Veteran Financial Advisor Network or VFAN, which is where I would send anyone looking for a financial advisor today in veterinary medicine. The idea was to get great options for veterinarians across the country. And you don't need someone local, especially with technology, to get the best fit and the best information. So go hire the expert. And you don't need to drive and see someone in person. What are you going to touch their face and get better financial advice? Like that's so goofy. You don't need that. I get that, you know, within veterinary medicine, it's like, I need to get my hands on this pet so I can diagnose. And there's different rules and and regulation in what state with virtual care. And I get that. But within financial planning, financial advice and guidance, you don't need that. You can build and foster great relationships virtually. I'm a testament of that. Historically, I was able to foster and grow really great relationships with people, some that I never met in person, some that I was able to, right? Because I went to a VMX or when I would travel, I would try to stop and see someone or go out of my way to go see someone because I know I'm in the same state and carve off time to go see him. So that is super important. You'll likely save money and time working with someone that's a niche expert because they know the areas that are troubling you. They don't do as much research. They can get right to the point and move on. They can really help pull from their knowledge of lots of other situations where maybe a peer of yours somewhere else around the country is ran in the same thing. So that's super important. And because someone has a DVM does not mean that they're great working with money or that they're a great financial advisor. It is a nice to have. I mean, again, I'm not digging at Ryan or Meredith that comment. So if Ryan and Meredith are listening, that is not a dig at either of you. And I would tell anyone, I fully believe in both of them. And I think they'll do an awesome job. I've sung their praises for a long time. There was a reason why I worked with them, wanted to work with them and think super highly of them. I do believe, however, there are folks out there that have DVMs that want to turn into selling insurance and say that they are a financial advisor and because they're DVM, they're somehow better. That's just a salesperson selling insurance and don't get it twisted, right? If they have five or 600 policies that they've placed to veterinarians, that doesn't mean those are clients. It just means they've sold a lot of insurance policies to their peers in veterinary medicine. So that doesn't make them a good advisor or anything else. So that to me is the important piece that you want niche expertise. They don't have to be a DVM, but they need to sure as hell know what's going on in veterinary medicine. So I'm sure there's a lot more areas that I could have gotten into, but hopefully there was one or two things that you could take from this and think about as you either work with whoever you're working with today. And maybe it's thinking about making a switch. Maybe it is thinking about, maybe I need this in the future. And I get a question a lot of times, like, when is the right time? You'll know. And if you aren't sure, if it's not a hell yes, this is the right fit, the right person, don't move forward. Just wait, you'll be fine. Don't let anyone pressure you into a decision. Don't anyone be like, oh, well, it's only right now that you can work with me and I'm going to be full. It'll be fine. You'll be okay. Like you don't need to feel rushed to make a decision and you'll know when it's the right decision and you can move forward then. And there's always going to be an element of trust 
in any sort of relationship where you're not going to know 100% sure that it's perfect. But I think that also is one of the beautiful things about veterinary medicine being a small, tight-knit community. Ask other people. Ask, you know, hey, if you work with a lot of veterinarians, a lot of times financial advisors, and they can't give you recommendations of who to talk to because A, they would just pick the best two or three clients that would sing their praises. But you can ask on a forum, go into a different group you're involved in and just say, hey, what do you know about this Isaiah Douglas guy, right? Or something like that. And just see what the response is. If you get, hey, most of the people are going to say really good things. And maybe there's a couple people that have not nice things to say. That's probably fair, right? Just like any veterinary hospital, you're going to have a lot of good, great Google reviews and a couple of people that, you know, just it didn't work out. It just had a bad day. <laughs> things didn't work. So that would be the way that I would encourage you to kind of go about this and think about it. So anyways, with that, some really good interviews coming up. Excited about them. Stay tuned and uh, hope everyone had a great summer. I know we're getting into uh, back to school. So I know my wife is back to school and our eldest is in pre-K. So he's uh, kind of feeling like he's in school, which has been kind of cold, but also makes me feel old. So with that, have a great week and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment tax or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. However, you are intelligent enough to make decisions for yourself. So I do encourage you to dig in, learn for yourself, and not just outsource every decision that you make. You should talk to your professional team if you have one before implementing anything that I talk about, but also make sure they know what they're talking about. Push them, question them. That's healthy. That's okay. Oh yeah. And you should probably own and learn a little bit about that Bitcoin thing. The biggest compliment you can give to me is to share the show with a friend or the podcast if there's another episode that you really like. That helps folks find it. That helps it grow. Um, reviews are critical. The Apple Podcast is the platform that's predominantly used for how people find the show. So if you have three minutes, love the show, please head over, give us five stars if you believe that's what we earned. That would help more people find the show. Also, if you're new, go to YouTube. It's a channel. Uh, putting up all the videos there as well. Sometimes it's going to be more interactive. Other times it's just going to be the conversation. So vainly, I want to get 100 subscribers so I get the vanity URL. That's the goal. We're on our way, but not quite there yet. For all of today's links information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can also subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss any episodes in the future. And finally, if you'd like more information, insights, or have the ability to, for your voice to be heard, join the Facebook group. You can search for the Veterinarian Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom about your host, click on the Facebook icon. And thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. All right. So there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends, Monday to Friday, eight to five, no on-call or emergencies. It's appointment only here. Currently a two and a half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. The new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes in the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSal is the pay structure. Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-1857. Join a thriving, growing, small animal practice in Vermont on the Quebec border. Full-time ideal, part-time is considered. The idea is to start with yes with the team, patients and clients in outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high-quality medicine. Compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities. Literally, it is the owner wants to find the right person and is happy to negotiate, chat through, and find the right fit. If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. 
North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos? Who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment while providing quality patient care. They utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available to practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time and paperwork, which is great. Lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you, full-time or part-time available. Small animal and exotics are both seen there, so no ER, no on-call, no weekends, competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered, and far too many benefits to list. Go to Fulton County Veterinary Clinic, so type that in and you'll find the job posting there. Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital, personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five-doctor mixed animal practice in northern New York, which is an outdoors person's paradise. Again, two of those, so if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. They have plenty of support staff with six CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant, a practice manager, and a bookkeeper. Focuses on mentorship and investment on the people and the technology. That's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on-call, a 24-hour ER less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than 95000 can be straight salary, pro-sal considered, want to discuss that with the right person. Tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to watertownpetcare.com for that option as well. So again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So please reach out. Let me know what you're able to do. And I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know. And we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, we'll talk soon.